0: Good evening. Welcome to Radio Evolve, our international webcast for consciousness and culture. Today, I'm very uh, happy to have Jeff Salzman from Boulder, Colorado, here in uh, our radio show. Uh, Jeff, welcome.
1: Thank you, Tom. Good to be here. Uh, Good evening, everyone.
0: Jeff, you've worked for quite some years with Ken Wilber. Uh, you were developing with Ken, the Integral Institute. You were also co-founder of Boulder Integral, which is now the Integral Center in Boulder. But most people do know you for the Daily Evolver. I think it's a bi-weekly webcast that you do from Boulder, Colorado. Is that right? Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. yes.
0: So doing this, you more or less became the, what I would say, the integral commenter on politics, US politics, world politics, and you use your integral foundation and your integral understanding to make sense of our political world these days. And I think there's a lot of people would like to make sense of. There's a lot going on and many things are quite confusing. And I would like to just have this time with you and ask you about integral perspectives on this are sometimes irritating, sometimes also frightening development of uh, the politics of our time. The French uh, president right now is visiting uh, uh, the United States, uh, visiting the US president, uh, Mr. Trump. If this visit would have been a couple of years ago, there would have been two uh, guys or one guy and one woman from a Western democratic country of uh, kind of being together on democratic pluralistic values, uh, defending the open society with Trump in the White House, this is not so clear anymore well, who is who, who are we meeting when we are going to the White House in Washington so if I may, as a European, uh, ask you as an American with Trump in the White House, has America changed? Is something dramatically different? Do we still have the same United States of America that we uh, used to have since 200 years? Or is something maybe really different?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What does yeah. your take on the situation well, in the yeah. White
1: House? If I may it's,
0: start with, with a little question for our conversation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll start with the easy questions. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, you know, clearly we're in a, a new phase, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the puzzle pieces have shifted. And I, I think maybe to just start and orient, uh, listeners to what we're talking about, uh, one of the things that integral theory posits, one of the theories, is that cultures as well as individuals evolve through these predictable stages of development. And currently, in the United States, there are three major stages that are online, and they're all different worldviews. They actually live in different worlds. They think differently. They use different evidence. They come to different conclusions. And most of all, their hearts and their identities are different. And so these three stages are what we call the traditionalists, and these are people who are nationalistic, ethnocentric, they prefer traditional sex roles. They, they're not crazy, they're not multicultural. They like it the way it was. Mm-hmm. This is the, make America great again. This is the you know the traditionalist, religious. Mm-hmm. We, we got it. Then there's some the modernists, and the modernists are secular and they're achievement oriented and they're not so religious um, and uh, and of course they're. They are technocratic, and they built the modern world, which we live in. And, and then there's the um, postmodernists. Uh, and the postmodernists are the liberals, and these are the people who are multicultural. And um, they're sort of embarrassed by the patriotism and, and, and ashamed of the history of racism. And, and they deconstruct these heroic stories that the traditionalists still believe in. Mm-hmm. So all three of these are online, and they're all vying for contention. And and what we realized, I think, or what I realized, at least, in this last election, is that any ideas that we modernists and postmodernists, and I would put myself there, we, we would actually posit that there, there's another stage beyond postmodernism that we refer to as integral stage of development, which actually seeks to be friendly and to understand and integrate the best of all of these previous three. So, you know, let's put that out on the table too. So in some ways we're having to do that now. And what we learned is that we're not going to be able to to go forward into our modernist and postmodernist future without the traditionalists. They, Mm -hmm. they're, 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 they're not going to let us. Uh, And, and, so and we could see that throughout the developed world as a more, nas- more nationalism arises in the developed world, brexit, uh, even in Hungary and, and you know countries where there 's a more autocratic kind of a thing happening uh, and and Donald Trump actually is in that um, uh, he 's in that category except that Donald Trump is an interesting uh, character. Because we talk about traditionalism, modernism, postmodernism, the integrals are rising. There's actually a stage. There's a couple stages before traditionalism. One of which we call the basically warrior stage. We refer to it as the red stage of development. Mm-hmm. And this is the stage of the sort of mafia boss or the autocrat or it's actually pre. Um, logic pre-truth pre-law and this is where humanity was for most of its history uh, and Donald Trump actually lives in that category which is egocentric and um, loyalty and what I say is the truth is the truth and um, so it's so interesting that we elected this throwback candidate uh, to sort of As as I heard a traditional woman say yesterday, she's uh, there's all these evangelical women are having a big conference in support of Trump. I mean, it's astonishing these women Christians for Trump. And and she put it very well. She said we weren't looking for a husband in Donald Trump. Uh We were looking for a bodyguard. Uh In other words, we wanted somebody who's going to go up against these globalists and multiculturalists and these abortionists, Mm -hmm. you know, and all of the stuff that is so anathema to the traditionalists, and we wanted somebody who's gonna fight them. So that's where we are. And uh, so we have this red president, this sort of egocentric warrior president representing traditionalists in this fight against, you know, modernists and certainly Mm postmodernists.
0: So from a European perspective, this is very surprising. I mean, we were looking at America always as kind of uh, the bacon of uh, liberal democracy, uh, whatever American imperialist is also about, but America was all, always an open society. It was always a democratic society. It was always a society that was in favor of global cooperation. And all of a sudden, we have a president, a U.S. president, who, as you say, is kind of a warrior, ethnocentric, pre-Jews president and we are looking for explanation how could this happen why mm-hmm. Why? I mean if this, something like this happens in Hungary um, I have more understanding for that Hungary has a very complicated history with uh, the First World War with fascism after the First World War uh, with Nazi occupation with the Second World War it's inclusion Second World War communist uh, the opening to the democratic society, which less let's say, was less than ideal. And uh, the Hungarians saw more of the shadow side of the market uh, democracy. And also Hungary is a, is, is, is a nation in Europe that has its own very specific ethnocentric identity more than others. So you can understand that in a complicated situation like this, a small nation like Hungary, uh, For example, I mean, we can talk about other European nations have a a time right now where they're looking back into their very traditional ethnocentric identity and are very skeptical about what a democratic open society is about. But we think or we thought that the United States has such an established foundation in liberal values that, of course, You were talking about traditionalists. We we, we are used to traditionalists being also president of the United States. I mean, somebody like Ronald Reagan or the Bush administration definitely was, or we are traditionalist presidents, but this is something different. This -hmm. is something very different. And the question is, how how came this about from a perspective that you call an integral perspective that is aware of this different cultural... Frameworks people live in the traditionalist, the modernist, the postmodern, as you described it. Why this setback? What is? What are the reasons? This setbacks and was this something necessary? Is this something helpful? Or are we in for something quite scary and dangerous?
1: Uh, Well, that remains to be seen. I I actually am on the side that it's uh, that we will. we will live through this, and we will uh, be, be a better country for it, actually. Uh, the, the founding fathers, if you will, of the United States, uh, they knew Donald Trump. Donald Trump was not somebody that was, would be a surprise to them. This was the guy they were specifically creating the Constitution to contain. And we'll see how that works, actually. I mean, so we have an investigation into Donald Trump that may bring him down. We have, uh, well, we have several investigations. We have checks and balances and courts that are ruling against him con- con- uh, consistently. So uh, we'll see if the actual modern system, because the American Constitution is basically a modern system. It's the rights of individuals, democracy, and so forth. They're big markers of modernity. We'll see if, we'll see if it holds. I, I suspect it will because uh, Donald Trump's key supporters his really strongest supporters it may be 25 or 30% of the, uh, of the voters there is another you know 20% who sort of approve of him in in, in the abstract so so that's that's one thing i would say that it, it, it remains to be seen what's going to happen now how did this happen and particularly l- let me talk about two things you, you mentioned the history. You can understand the history of, uh, of European countries and you know, factor that in. But America, America has a history, too. Uh, and it's a little different in the sense that uh, the American character is created. And we could, again, use integral theory here. We could use Ken Wilber's aqua maps and think in terms of types. Who were the people who would leave everything they knew back in the 1600s, 1500s, you know, 1700s and come to a country where they knew they would never go home again. So mm-hmm. these are the most adventuresome people. These are the people who actually, uh, uh didn't get along. You know, the, a lot of times they were the religious fanatics. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the, uh, uh, marginal people who lived on the margins that weren't able to get. So that's part of the American character is, first of all, we have this deep religion, religiosity that Europe doesn't have, uh, Mm -hmm. at least, you know, Western Europe. Uh, And then we also have this don't tread on me, get get your hands off of me kind of thing where we're extra allergic to um, liberalism's, Uh, What we, you know, what conservatives call nanny state, where, you know, there's regulation and that sort of thing. So so that's sort of just part of the character. So that's the history that I'd like put on the table. The, The the other part is the present. And you mentioned before the call that you're heading out tomorrow to eastern Ohio, western Pennsylvania. That's where I'm from. Uh, Since um, globalism really took hold in the 60s and early 70s, um, the town I grew up in has half the number of people that it did when I grew up. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are... There's there's essentially no real industry there. My cousin's kids are living hand-to-mouth, working two or three jobs. Their kids... Are degenerates. I mean, they're drug addicts. They're living in, you know. I mean, it's it's really astonishing. Uh-huh. So there is this um, uh, sort of consensus among people, not just traditionalists, but also. Some people who are, you know, more modern and and, and early modernists tend to vote Republican or tend to vote conservative anyway. They're the more business class. The academics and scientists, they tend to those are the modernists that tend to go liberal in terms of the two party system. But there's enough people, clearly. Uh, Donald Trump, I would point out to not get a majority, but he got three million short. So he got a lot of votes. And it's from these people who said, it doesn't matter whether it's been the Republicans, it doesn't matter that it's been the Democrats, the globalists, which is this global consensus um, has gutted the middle class and gutted industrial America that made America great. And that's their view. And uh, they didn't want Hillary Clinton. That's the other thing I would say is that Hillary was, uh, God bless her, you know, a particularly bad candidate mm-hmm. uh, for all kinds of reasons. So this is, you know, in, in a way, Donald Trump is a black swan event. I mean, there's just a lot of things that came together to, um, to, uh, you know, uh, put this man who is. Clearly, characterologically unfit to be president as a president of the United States. It's really nauseating, mm-hmm. uh, and and I could, uh, and shocking. Uh, but you you ask for an explanation. That's my stab at it. Mm-hmm.
0: I would like to ask you in a direction that goes beyond uh, Donald Trump, and is asking more in the direction what's going on in the world? Are we really heading into the future that uh, many of us predicted that it will be more liberal, more globalized, more democratic, uh, global, uh, pluralistic society? When we look what's going on right now and I don't have to look into the US. Just uh, look what's happening in, in Europe with the Front National in France with Brexit in the UK. You mentioned Hungary. I mention my own home country Austria, which has a right, far right government uh, right now. But also, if you look beyond Europe, if you look what's going on in India with Modi, and where the Indian government is going right now, when you look what's going on in Turkey, which is a a big, uh, important nation uh, in the the Middle East, particularly important also for Europe, but also important for the West, uh, at least that's how it was seen until now. When you look even what's happening in China right now, the, de- the last development, of course, China is a communist state, but uh, there was an expectation that China would move with the market economy to some more liberal democratic opening. It seems the opposite is happening right now, and the Chinese president has more power, at least the same power like Mao Zedong had. Everywhere there seem to be developments that move very much against to what many of us uh, experience being progress.
1: Yeah.
0: Li- liberal dem- democracy. And uh, uh, Orbán, the uh, president or um, prime minister in Hungary, even coined a term for this. He called it the illiberal democracy. Are we at a turning point of world history? Are we at a point where what we thought the future is, Maybe it is not, and something is different is happening that we did not expect, and that maybe democratization, globalization, market economy don't develop in the way that many of us thought. Are we at a turning point?
1: Yeah, um, I think you're right. I, I think that the it, it's certainly not developing in the way that we thought it was, where it's yeah. just going to be a, you know a, a, a continuous movement into a liberal future, and what we what I've realized, it, 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 you know, and, and Trump explains it here, and in, in, in all of the, you know, uh, developments that you just described, is that people, you know, even in terms of um, whatever scientific data we have on the developmental levels of people on the in the world, mm-hmm. that seventy percent. Roughly, this is what Ken Wilber uh, estimates. Uh, Don Beck, some other people, uh, are uh, traditional or previous. So they're actually not interested. The, the idea of democracy is frightening to them. Uh, the idea of multiculturalism is repulsive to them. They don't want it. And there's and, and yet there's a skin. There's a strata at in basically every country, even, you know, developing in Africa of modernists who were happy to, you know, do all the trading and, you know, to, to exploit the resources and they're all multicultural. It's like, you know, I forget who, who it was that said that, you know, most liberals would be more comfortable with liberals in England than they would be with conservatives here in the United States. And that's true. So there's a liberal consensus that has been running things. And we sort of thought that the rest of the people were on board or they were at least going to come along. Uh, And at any rate, they were, you know, relatively powerless. I think of in the United States, we had this liberal consensus all through the 70s and 80s, you know, and, and then Fox News comes along. Mm -hmm. And Fox News, all of a sudden, the traditionalists, which were there, believe me, they were there. I was was raised by them. You will be meeting them tomorrow. Okay? These people were there, but now they have a mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. Now they have a way of organizing. And this is sort of the downside, if you will, from a liberal perspective of, you know, mass communications, the Internet, and so forth, is that actually not only can traditionalists get together, but so can the red, you know, so can the... Ku Klux Klan, so can ISIS. I mean, these people can use the tools of modernity to organize their own way pre-modern, uh, you know, uh, agendas. Uh, and, and so that's where we're at. And, and, and I, I'm not entirely pessimistic about it. When, when I think of, um, you know, I, I, first of all, I, I still have faith in the uh, updraft of history, mm-hmm. that people, and particularly the younger generation, is you know getting more and more modern. They're just getting more and more multicultural because of the internet, in, in ways that are harder to um, you know fathom in a way, harder to quantify. Uh, then, you know, to see Erdogan and Turkey and, you know, Duarte and, you know, these people who are sort of autocrats, uh, Putin, uh, 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 uh Xi Jinping, uh, that these countries actually, in, in the case of China, I'm, I'm glad that China's not a democracy. And the reason is, is because 80%, roughly, of Chinese people are traditionalists. And so you get traditionalists uh, in charge, uh, it's ugly. You know, they're, mm-hmm. still, they're still deeply ethnocentric. They believe in the superiority of their race. And, uh, and so to have a modern government sort of trying to manage that trying to bring that country into the future in a way that is appropriate for them. I'm open to that. I, I, it doesn't have to be a liberal democracy like we have in, you know, or thought we did in America. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be different, especially if, if it, it, think of the case of Turkey. So Turkey was, in a sense, forcibly modernized by Ataturk. The people, they they, they weren't there yet. Just because they started dressing in Western dress doesn't mean that that's where their heart was. Mm -hmm. And so this deep Turkishness still wants to be felt, and they want to be seen. And that's actually the part of it that is evolutionarily beautiful, is that there actually is something about these cultures that we modernists and postmodernists were happy to leave behind. In a way, I'm happy that I have to now uh, uh, look at the, my own strata of traditionalism mm-hmm. that is in my own body mm-hmm. and and make sure that that's integrated into my modern and postmodern and integral mind. That I think that's the integral project actually mm-hmm. right now is, you know, turning towards this movement in the world and seeing what do they want? What do they have to say here mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and that, that, that we had forgotten, of that, that we became blind to?
0: I really would like to uh, go along with this question because this is a question that really uh, catches my attention. And uh, Western uh, progressive people, even uh, integral people, when we think about Development of society—it is kind of a given for us that uh, that the world moves from what we call archaic, traditional, modern, postmodern, plural. It's just basically that—that's what it is, and we can discuss then if we are integral uh, the different parts of society and different places here. But basically, the development as it is going is very, very much unquestioned. Right now, it seems that we are also in a time in history where something uh, more than historic happens, uh, which I would call the end of 500 years of Western domination. 500 years ago, a uh, European colonial power started to conquer the world. The Portuguese, the Spanish, the English, and uh, America is uh, kind of a hair of this development being the kind of... Uh, uh, main power holding the Western cu- culture uh, as, a, as a global culture. Right now we are close to the point where China will be the most powerful economic country in the world. Part of the crisis that we experience in the United States particularly is that a nation that is so much built on its own success story, on an identity that starts with the pilgrim uh coming to an empty, so-called empty land, not talking about the indigenous population there, uh, creating the greatest nation of the universe and being God's own nation. And all of a sudden, it seems to be shaky. Something is happening. Uh, there, there, are The Chinese are becoming more than just equal in this. There are other... Uh, understanding of what it means to be human, that is not uh, uh, derived from our own European, Christian, Western Enlightenment tradition that has different, uh, uh, to a big degree, completely unknown traditions for us. Who really knows what Confucian or Taoist cultural development meant? Who has any idea what this is? Not talking, talking about the development in pre-colonial uh, and colonial India and... Uh, uh, there's a different understanding of what it means to be human. There's a different understanding of what human development is about. All of a sudden, we, the West, including the integral West, are not the only paradigm that the world is seeing itself. Is this not part of what this scary situation in the world is about, that we also have to look? There may be other stories coming up that we have to listen to, that integral maybe means means to be also an integral in that sense that we have to uh, go beyond our Western integral perspectives and see that there may be voices coming in that we start to
1: listen before we put them into an inter- integral scheme? Hallelujah, man. Yes. I think that's right. I don't think that we're going to be able to move into this the, to, to the future without what you just said, being fully seen. Like, what is Chineseness? It's not just this you know, skyscraper. It's not just this, this. You know, factories. It's what is this with the the, the history that they have, the the Confucianism. What if you ask all the right questions. What is that? What we know now is we're not going to be able to move forward without that being fully seen and integrated. Mm-hmm. That's the same is true with Persianness, mm-hmm. with Germanness, with. Whatever it is, I mean, we all want to be seen, and uh, and it's not going to be this homogenized, globalized, multicultural, blenderized thing, and uh, and I think that's exciting. I think it's you know fraught with danger, but I do think that there is probably a an appropriate niche in the political scheme these days for illiberal democracy, actually. Mm-hmm i think that that may be exactly where a country needs to be as the natural forces and, and and let's not lose sight of this this is the part of the integral story that i think is is uh, you know well established is that we will continue to evolve and there are, you know, big categories of things that happen as we evolve, you know, and as we see more and as we become rational, you know. I mean, we, we left can, cannibalism behind. We left slavery behind. There's things we that are permanent acquisitions of humanity that will continue to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if you're – I would advise anybody who's, you know, shaky on that to take a look at Steven Pinker's new book, Enlightenment Now, Just even for the charts where in Hans Rosling, you know, showing that despite all of this sturm and drong about politics and the sort of the way we move forward with this back and forth and these probability clouds and, you know, all of that, that there's still just this immutable move forward of creating wealth and leaving poverty and health and lifespans and communication and decency. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we talk about Xi Jinping president for life, yes, but nothing like Mao, something like Mao maybe, but not really, you know, I mean, nobody's being drug away to the camps. Um, so, uh, you know, we could we 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 want to notice that too, and no, that that's happening in ways that are less um, you know shocking. they just mm-hmm. it just keeps grinding along.
0: No, I, I completely agree, and we we just have to face the fact that uh, there are a lot of good things happening, and uh, although we have a lot of challenges uh, and a lot of unknown uh, things we have to deal with, there there is. Uh, in terms of absolute poverty, in in terms of violence, a lot of things that are undeniable progress, whatever you call progress. But uh, what I find interesting, and again, also particularly in an integral context, when we talk about the development from traditionalism to modernism, what we mean... Is our understanding of modernism, and rightfully so, because we, have, uh, we went through our modernist uh, times, is partly still in these modernist times, we had Western enlightenment, this created the paradigm of modernism that 's something uh, that will stay an important reference point. but right now, as different cultures, different nations are developing their own modernity, uh, mm-hmm. India and China to talk uh, again just about these two big nations. We maybe will have to ask the question, and this is a question that is at least not asked very often. Maybe there is not only one modernity. Maybe what we call modernity is modernity, but it's a particular form of modernity that in retrospect we at some point will call, yeah, that was the European American modernity, and that had particular uh, uh, specifics that were uh, Universal modern, and this is this and that and that, rationality, whatever may be about, and there were specifics uh, uh, that were very European, and the Chinese modernity didn't have that at all, and the Indian modernity, uh, the African modernity, or whatever, developed a different form of modernity, and all of a sudden we will say, oh, wait a moment, what we thought modernity was about was just one form of it. Yeah. and we, well, I and, think we that's right. and we have to learn that progress is maybe more multifaceted that we, from our European, American, Western-centric point of view, even our integral Western point of view, we're aware of, and that we just have to become more integral, so to say.
1: Yes, I, I that's very well said, Tom. You know, and I do think that that's the integral project. That's the expansion that integral needs to, uh, you know, contend with. Uh, and, and, and also to tease apart what parts of moving into the modernity are specific to a culture, you know, is mm-hmm. the way they do it. And what are sort of the, the deep structures of modernity mm-hmm. that that are the same regardless of, the, of of you know, how it's it's expressed. And, you know, we can see that they're, they're you know, it's imperfect and, you know, but there's a move towards logic, science, technology, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, uh, cleaning up the immediate, at least the immediate environment. Uh, hmm. Those are modern things. Even, even in terms of human rights, you know, the human rights of a, uh, a modern Chinese is way different than the human rights of a Mao Chinese. Same with Putin versus Stalin you know, we can notice that that, that there's that. It, it, it's mm-hmm. different. It's not the same. It's not total, you know, whatever, but that's happening. And uh, also, even in terms of the second person, relationships between people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's no longer it's so much command and control, or male, female. Uh, it's more integrated in its own way. But, we could see these things being deep structures that are similar in all cases, basically.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I I completely agree that one can see that and also that one has to make the point that this is the case. And uh, I think it is also important to uh, stay with the project of a universal human culture because one of the dangers, and I guess it's, it's a particular postmodern danger, is to acknowledge and see the multifaceted uh, nature of humanity and human culture and make this absolute, like there would be no universality of being human besides being European, being Asian, being African. Uh, We have to acknowledge all these differences and I guess much more than we did and it will be uh, not pain-free to do this, particularly with our own pride and our own, uh, we know know where, where things are going. But at the same time, not to forget that maybe there is also a universality, a universality called being human,
1: and that's true too. Damn right, man. Uh, the question. Let me just say yes. that we, we've already done that, and that we've seen. We we have a model of that, yeah. as we traditionalists think that their culture, their race, often is superior, literally. Physically, mm-hmm. all kinds of ways superior. Uh, that was a lot of what brought on World War II and the conflagrations of the first half of the 20th century.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: grew out of that, at least in the West, where we see that, wait, Germanness, frenchness you know, the, 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 these, uh, these are, none of us are superior here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for traditionalists around the world, that, they still haven't gotten that memo. And that's why it's really what's what's scary to me and where the real fault lines you know fall is how can we help you know, just it's just gonna take time, it's happening faster than ever, but how, how can we keep keep this thing moving without fighting these having another World War II, mm-hmm. which a lot of people on the planet would be happy to have. Not in mm-hmm. the West. We we did it. But in other parts of the world, that's still the mentality. So that's, that's a challenge.
0: That is a challenge. And there is also a challenge that is more seen on the other side. And that's more seen from the traditionalists worldwide, uh, including the traditionalists in the U.S. But what I'm thinking about mostly here are Muslim traditionalists, but not just them. And that is the West, our culture being, from their point of view, something quite inferior out of a very uh, simple reason, because uh, what they see is an absolutely godless culture that is basically, uh, from their point of view, and it's not completely wrong, uh, the huge temples are the banks. Uh, what really is kind of divine is what happens at the stock market, so that 's what they see, <laughs> and, they're scared. They're scared, right. and they 're scared they 're scared, and they don 't want to go in this godless future that uh, fifty years ago they still thought maybe in the capitalist, maybe in the social, social, socialist way would be in some way their future. basically, they, they thought they had a choice to go the capitalist future or to go the socialist future that 's what the, many of them thought fifty years ago or seventy years ago they don 't think this anymore. they think both versions are are not the way to go. And they are so scared that uh, their form of uh, understanding the sacred, maybe whatever, traditional Hindu, Muslim, all their form, becomes so important to them that they find even unbelievable crazy ways, like Islamist terrorism, to defend themselves from their own perspective against our our own materialist godlessness. And from an integral point of view, I have to say, of course, it's crazy. I don't want to defend terrorism. That's not the point. But I also have to see it's not that they are not responding to nothing. No, that's true. They are responding to something, and we have to respond to what they are responding to. Isn't that's the question for you? Isn't part of the integral project to really bring this in into perspective and find who, if not Uh, integral people who have an understanding of what modernity is about, what rationality is about, and have an understanding of the sacred also, are are, are able to be bridge builders between uh, a divide, a global divide that really can create a third world war more easy today than tomorrow right now.
1: Yes, well, yes, I think that's, uh, you know, if you think about what does modernity ask of traditionalists one thing is god goes away mm-hmm. you know we go from a world where god is everywhere and where it, the world is enchanted and, and this actually this world is not my home my home is is an eternal you know i mean the whole thing is alive with dripping with meaning And then we go to secularism and all of a sudden it's like we're on this rock hurtling through space and we're the the product of accidental natural selection and who the fuck knows what's going on. You can see where they don't see that as progress. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that they not only don't see that as progress, it's that they are fighting to maintain this world and then everything that comes with it. So the sex roles, so that this wonderful—I think of when I was growing up, with my grandmother at the stove and my mother sewing and my dad mowing the grass—and everybody knew who they were and what they were supposed to do. And we all went to church on Sunday and Wednesday night. And uh, and there's—they have to give all that up. Their kids move away. Their kids move to the city. Uh, you know, the men and women don't. The, the, the women go to work. That is my grandmother would have thought that was a huge failure of the family. If she would have had to go to work and now her granddaughters would consider the exact opposite. So as integralists, we not only need to appreciate what we're asking of traditionalists, we have to appreciate that modernity and post-modernity are two are also only stages on the path. And, Part of what they got wrong, especially modernity, is that they disenchanted the world. Mm-hmm. That the world, the whole, all of the, as Ken Wilber would say, with the quadrants, all the interiors went away. It all became exteriors. Mm-hmm. In fact, even consciousness mm-hmm. is it. Consciousness is just the sort of a subjective experience of synaptic activity in the brain. Mm-hmm. And you know, we think we have free will, but we actually don't. So that's the modern catechism. And integral wants to reenchant the world, mm-hmm. and to see that there's actually a there's actually a spiritual story, there's a creation story here that has been delivered to us actually from science. We know for a scientific fact, as much as you know facts exist, and this one does, that something blew out of nothing, thirteen point 8, 13. eight billion years ago, and that something has complexified over the time into you and I having this conversation and the works of Beethoven and what the fuck? I mean, so there's a spiritual, there's a spiritual path in there somewhere mm-hmm. that uh, integralists are trying to get their arms around and figure out and, and, re, you know, it relate to so that we can have an enchanted world again. Because Mm. it is, clearly it is.
0: Mm. I I, I very much agree, I also very much agree with you that this is the integral project to find a way in a rational Western Enlightenment context to re-enchant the world. The question I do have, if this is maybe much more a challenge than even the integralists think, because usually when you think about the integration of spirit and science, you very much, most of the people I talk to talk about the integration of spirit into science, not the integration of science into spirit. In that sense, that basically the way we understand science, our secular modernist understanding of science in itself, and I don't, I, I don't want to dismiss it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a powerful, beautiful thing, but to take it as absolute is something that basically uh, is the is the foundation of everything, including what we have to integrate spirit into, is quite a dogmatic point of view. That maybe the way we developed our secular science uh, also needs a second view on what our scientific understanding about science is about. And if this is the case, uh, integral becomes a much m- uh, more challenging, culturally challenging endeavor because you don't want to go back in something that is pre-science. It's it's not about no. thing.
1: science. But no, we're talking about going forward. Exactly. Into, into a re-enchanted world. Not that In a way
0: where our understanding of science itself is also not sanctosanct. It is something that has to be understood in a way that uh, goes beyond also the split of subject and object, as it is the foundation of our Western scientific understanding. Uh, That's something that um, uh, we just to to see that, that basically there are tasks at hand uh, that are pretty uh, big, but uh, if we want to create a bridge to uh, Taoist uh, understanding of reality, to Indian understanding of reality that in some way you can call this traditionalist, but in some way, in particular, uh, talking about a Taoist understanding where a lot of uh, the, the perspective is much more a process perspective than an object perspective, maybe there's a lot that the Chinese culture has to
1: teach us in order to find new forms of integral. Totally. And how exciting is that? I mean, we have no idea what the sacred world to come is going to look like, but it's going to have all of that, and and, and it's not going to be homogenized. It's going to be sparkling and crystalline and 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 and, and, and in particular, and I'm excited about that.
0: I'm uh, I, I'm very excited about that, and. I think, uh, I mean, we we got a far away from talking about Trump and what's happening right now in the White oh, House. Oh,
1: let's talk we, about Trump more.
0: <laughs> we are in fact at the end of our of, of our time, and I, I think it's uh, uh, I think it's it's also important to see that what is going on, also the irritation process, and I'm I'm not talking about just Trump as Trump, but I'm uh, talking about Trump as a phenomenon of a first. A nation, talking about the United States, that is deeply insecure about its own role in the world because something has changed that has never changed in the history before. Uh, a deep insecurity about what the West is because after 500 years, our role is changing completely and we don't know where we are going. And in this uh, point of time, to have an understanding that there is a universal history, that there is something like progress, and there's a multiplicity of perspective that we have to bring together is maybe the real integral perspective that we have to bring in also to support the political process, as complicated as this may be.
1: Yeah. Beautifully said, Tom. I, 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 I'm so excited about it.
0: Jeff, there would be many more questions I would like to ask you, but uh, not this time, maybe yeah. another time. I would talk love again. to talk again. Thank you so much uh, for your uh, perspectives on this. Uh, and I am very excited to kind of look into this uh, foundations also of the political reality that we see in the, world, in the world right now and how, from an integral point of view, this is more than politics that we are really talking here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So So thank you, Tom. What a pleasure to talk to you. It's been a while, and I'm so happy that we reconnected this way. And thank you, everybody, for listening.
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening, and good evening from Frankfurt, Germany.
1: And from Boulder, Colorado.